But last week, we started off with this new series, and Sherry did a great job talking about Jonah chapter one. Um, And I was listening to it this week, and it actually made me laugh because she said that this is one of the shorter books in the Bible, and she opened it up because of her height. But I I doubt that's any reason why she opened up. But the one thing that I really love that she pointed out is that God has a plan for all of us. Um, God has a plan that he wants you to be involved in, that he wants you to dive into and really just understand that our God really cares about us and wants to use us in ways that are bigger than ourselves. And today what we're going to go into is kind of looking at that theme, but really understanding why Jonah possibly decided to run away from God why he decided to run away from God and why he decided to pray in the belly of a fish. And that's just crazy to me that God would provide a fish to Jonah to begin with because that is just insane. We hear this this story, right? And Sherry kind of mentioned this last week that we hear this and we think of it as kind of like a childhood story, like almost even like folklore that we hear it and we go, that probably didn't happen. It probably just stands for something. The fish is probably just a metaphor. But if we look at the scripture, we can see that it actually was an actual fish, a physical animal, a being that was swimming around, ate, Noah, or ate Jonah, sorry, and he was in the stomach for three days. And what we pick up today is in his prayer, right in the middle of his disobedience. So if you have a Bible, open up to Jonah chapter two, and we are starting in verse one. And if you don't have a Bible, we provide it for you on the screens right in front of you. But here is what Jonah chapter two says. From the inside of the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever, but you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remember you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So there are going to be two major points that I'm going to be speaking about today. And the first one is this. Why are we obedient after we are in the belly of a fish? Now, let me rephrase that for you and I today, because maybe, not maybe, all of us have not been in the same situation as Jonah has. But think about this question. How come it sometimes takes bad circumstances for us to be obedient? How come sometimes it takes bad circumstances for us to be obedient? See, if you're watching right now, that means you've been to at least church once. That Whether counting today or counting some time in the past, we have all been to at least one church service. And there has been a pastor, a preacher, somebody who has gotten up in front of an audience and has said, God has a plan for you. 
God has a will over your life. God has created, designed you to do something very specific on this earth. And we as Christians believe that once we believe in who Jesus is, that he gives us this life and that all we need to do is walk into it. We've heard that God's very forgiving. We've heard he's loving. We've heard that he's slow to anger. We've heard that if we seek his kingdom and seek his righteousness, all these things will be given to us. We have story after story in scripture that we can look on. We have promise after promise that God says, if you do this, here is what I have for you. And what happens with us? We don't quite believe it. And, and maybe not intellectually, but in our hearts, we don't quite believe it. We choose what we want to do. We live the lives that we want to live. And we've clearly been told, we've clearly heard, and we even read in scripture that God has a life for us but we live in disobedience. We choose a selfish road that we think is better for our lives than what God promises us. And we say, God, I hear you calling, but God, this is what I want to do. And, and here is why I think we make choices based off what, what, what we want to do. Here is why I even think Jonah was in the situation that he was is because we don't really pray enough. See, what prayer does is it reminds us at the end of the day who is ultimately in control. Because sometimes when we live life, we wake up, we don't even pray and say, God, help me remember that you are in control of all things. Help me remember that you are the one that has given me directions, given me life, and you have a plan for me. We just wake up and go into life sometimes. But what prayer does is goes, hey, I understand that you think you can control your life. I understand that you think you know what's best for you. But when you sit down and pray, when you recite things that scripture has been told us to do, what does it do? It changes your heart to understand that God is ultimately in control. And our proof of this is through the life of Jesus. Now, what scripture tells us is he was 100% man and 100% God. And what kind of blew me away this, this week when I was preparing for the sermon was thinking of the, of the idea, if Jesus is 100% God, why did he have to pray? If he knew certain things were going to happen to him and how things were going to play out and the choices that he could make for God or against God, why would he sit down and pray? Why would he teach disciples to pray? Why would he show them to pray? Because I think it was a moment that God wanted us, that God in flesh wanted to put on display so we can mimic that same thing in our own lives. Jesus prayed right before in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he was arrested, before he knew he was going to die on the cross. He had this very bold prayer. And I think he had this prayer that was quite honest to our sinfulness that we have inside of us. See, Jesus had this moment where he said, this is gonna be tough. God, if this cup that you're going to give me, man, if it can be passed, please let it be passed, but your will be done. See, in that moment, what was Jesus doing to his father? He was surrendering to his father and saying, I don't want to do this. It's going to be painful, but because you have sent me here to die for these people, I'm going to step into that and be obedient. And see, I don't think Jonah did that. I think when Jonah heard God calling him, to go speak to people that he did not want to go to, 
He didn't take a moment and say, you know what? Let me pause and reflect. Let me pray before I'm in the bad circumstance. Let me just sit down for a couple hours a day, a week. Let me fast. He didn't do any of that. He heard God clearly call him to do something. And immediately he goes, what do I want to do? I don't like these people. I've heard they're very scary. They torture. They do all these things that does not sound like fun. And what's best for me? Safety, comfort, my own will over my own life. So I'm going to head in the opposite direction. And what do we see happen to Jonah? He finally understands that God's in control when he's in a bad situation. And when I was reading Jonah, it kind of reminded me of a recent decision that I had to make that was kind of similar to what he was going through. God called me about three years ago to move on from the church that I used to work at. And I love the church that I worked at. I love the people that I worked for. I love the students that I oversaw. I love the parents that I got to interact with. I love this church body. And when I heard God clearly call me to leave and say, I have more for you somewhere else, step out in faith. It took me six months to finally understand that I needed to align what God had called me to do. I was praying and I was seeking out wise counsel around me and I heard God every single time. And what I did for six months was say, you know what? I'm gonna choose to ignore that. I'm gonna stay in comfort. I'm gonna stay in an area that I know. I'm gonna stay with people that I've built solid relationships with because getting up and leaving, it sounds scary. Getting up and getting to know new students, a new family, a new church, that sounds scary. And then a situation happened where things began to fall apart. And then in that moment, I go, you know what? Maybe this whole time, this is all in God's hands. Maybe I just need to trust in him and know that he's in control over my own life. But my prayer only got honest when I was in a bad situation. It wasn't before when I heard God clearly call me. It wasn't one of my mentors and people around me were saying, hey, I, I think God's calling you to do this. It wasn't in those times that my prayer was honest. It wasn't in those times that I really sat down and tried to hear from the Lord and try to step outside of myself. It was only when things got bad. And what do we see happen to Jonah? We see the same thing. He doesn't sit down and pray before he makes his decision to follow or to not follow God. We just see him run. We see him get in a boat. We see him get tossed over. He gets swallowed by a fish. And then he goes, okay, this is a very difficult situation. I think I should pray. And maybe if Jonah did stop to pray, maybe it would have ended in chapter one. Maybe Sherry's message last week would have been different if Jonah decided to stop and pray before he was in the belly of a fish. But we don't have that story. The only story that we have is that he prayed in the belly of a fish. Now imagine if we in our lives took that time to pause and pray before the bad circumstance came. How would our lives look differently? How much more would God be working right now in this moment? How much more would you be obedient to what God called you to do maybe a month ago, maybe a year ago that we've been putting off? I think about that all the time because I've made a lot of poor decisions in my life. I'm someone like Jonah that has to be put in a really tough situation to finally say, okay, God, I hear you. 
But what if you and I weren't like that? What if when we heard God and we heard our selfish desires and what we wanted to do, we said, okay, I'm going to pause right here and just sit down and pray. Because what did Jesus do? That's exactly what he did. He said, man, this moment's going to be tough, but let me pray and realign my heart with my Father's will and step into obedience. Because the, the call to follow God, it's, it's hard at times. It can be difficult. Because normally what we see in Scripture is we see man going in one direction and God calling man to go in the opposite. And maybe some of you can really understand that right now. You go, man, God calls me to live in a certain light. But when I look at everyone else around me, they're living in contrast. And sometimes stepping out in faith and living how God has called us is very difficult when everyone around us is living in opposition to that. We get fearful. We start to doubt. We leave comfort because we're living against the grain. And we go, man, God, this is tough. I don't know if I want to do this. But here's the beautiful thing in that. Sometimes what happens is when we're honest with ourselves and we entertain the thought of disobeying God, we think that is where the sin happens. But the sin happens in the action of following through with those thoughts. And the great thing about God is he won't be mad at you if you sit there in prayer and say, God, this is something I do not want to do. It's a direction that's opposite of where I want to go. It's a direction that's opposite and where my family wants me to go. It's different from what my coworkers, my boss, my friends, the culture, everything wants me to go in this direction. God, I don't know if I can follow you because it's hard. God doesn't get mad at those types of prayers. What he sees is honesty. The part that becomes sinful is when we have those thoughts, we're honest with ourselves, and then we follow through with what we want to do. But the beauty in prayer is that we could bring those feelings. We could bring that honesty. We could bring our doubts, our fears, our worries, our concerns about what God's calling us to do because it may be very difficult. And God goes, thanks for being honest, but just trust in me. If Joel would said, God, I don't want to go because they torture people, because they're scary, because I don't like that people group, I'm sure God would have been, hey, Jonah, thank you for being honest with me. Thank you for being real. I appreciate that. But don't worry, I have this Come and follow me. How would our lives look differently if we were to pause and pray before we made a decision to follow God or to not? How different would that be? How much stronger would your relationship with God be if we were to always bring our honest opinions, honest thoughts, honest feelings into a given situation and say, God, this is difficult, but I trust you. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I have. But here's what I find really beautiful about this story. We can, we can sit down and think what could have happened, what could have been, how could it have been different, but that's not the story we have. We have the story that Jonah chooses to disobey God and has to get in a circumstance. And here's what we learn, is that God meets us in the middle of our disobedience. God meets us in the middle of our disobedience. See, in that belly of the fish that Jonah is in, he wasn't in there having a good time. He wasn't in there celebrating. He wasn't joyful. He didn't feel fulfilled. What he knew is in that moment, I am disobeying God. 
And that's why he prays out. He cries out to God in the middle of his circumstance because he understood that he was being disobedient to God's call on his life. Look at verse seven and nine. It's very clear that Jonah understands where he's at and how that he has disobeyed God. In verse seven, he's crying out to God. This is what he says here. When my life was ebbing away, I remember you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. He's saying, God, my life is just being taken away. I'm in the seas. It's crazy. There's waves. There's wind. There's a thunderstorm. It's nuts. The boat's over there. God, where's my life going? Man, how much more do I need you right now? Look at verse 9. He's in the belly of the whale. He's thinking about what he said to God. And this is what he says. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say Salvation comes from the Lord. He's in the middle of his disobedience. He knows he's going against what God has called him to do. And he's finally praying. He's finally crying out saying, God, I need you right now. And what's beautiful about that is our God is willing to meet us in those moments when we don't make the right choice, when we choose to go against him, we have God come in those moments that we think God would not want to be a part of. And he comes in and says, it's okay. I'm here for you. Let's move forward. Hey, I get that I called out to you way before this situation happened and look where you're at now, but it's okay. I'm still going to use you. And that is the one thing I love about God because he has come to me time and time again in my disobedience to do the same thing he did to Jonah. He goes, Alec, you knew what I called you to do. You grew up at church. You heard all the sermons. You went to all the youth events. You've done everything that a Christian should know what to do. But guess what? You didn't live it out, but I'm here. But I'm willing to use you. I'm willing to forgive you of your sins, fill you with the Holy Spirit, and be able to do amazing things even in your disobedience. And that is the one thing I love about our God. He doesn't require anything of us. He doesn't make us have to be these perfect individuals that get it right every time. Look at his disciples. Some of them were the worst. I'm sure if Peter walked in and said, hey, Pastor Larry, can I you know, work at your church? He would say, well, what did you do recently? I cut off the ear of a soldier. Larry would probably be like, different ministry for you. And I totally understand that. But what does Jesus do? He goes, Peter, that's not why we're here. And don't worry, you're going to be a rock one day that you will go around and proclaim my gospel, but it's okay, let's move on. That is such a beautiful picture because what that does is it makes us feel as if we can be used by God. Because how many of us can relate to that kind of attitude? How many of us can relate to that in our lives, in our brokenness, the things that maybe have been done to us, the decisions that we have made and done towards other people? Life itself is just crazy right now. And sometimes it's very difficult to say, God still wants to use me. But here's the thing that is beautiful, is God uses broken people. God uses broken people. He understands that it's not on our shoulders to do the things that he wants us to do, but it's on his. And how does he seal that promise? How does he show us that that's true? By dying on the cross for our sins by saying, hey, you're going to mess up on the journey, on the path to this moment, but it's all right. I've done it for you. So you can try 
And when you don't succeed, when you fall short, when you're disobedient, I'm here for you. But in those moments as you succeed, I'm going to say, good and faithful servant, keep moving forward. Keep taking one step towards what I've called you to be. And that is the same call on your life right now. That was the same call on the life of Jonah when he had the opportunity to be obedient from the beginning when God called him. But if maybe you're like Jonah and you're in a time right now where you go, man, I've been running away from God. I clearly know he's called me to live like this. I clearly know that he's called me to live my sex life in this fashion. I clearly know that God has called me to handle my money in this light. Man, my anger, I know God has called me to not express it in this way, but in that way. Hey, how I love, how I forgive, how I talk about people when they're not around me, I know God has called me to not do those things, but I haven't been obedient. I've been like Jonah. I've got myself into a bad situation. My circumstances were rough. That friendship, that relationship, it just broke apart. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not too late. That God uses broken people like myself to do amazing things for the kingdom. And the same is for you. You can be in the middle of that belly of a fish right now, running in complete disobedience from God in the complete opposite direction that you know he said, hey, this is where I want you to go. It is okay. God meets you in your disobedience. He meets me in that area. And the only thing that he requires you to do is just be honest of it. Jonah, when he was praying, that was the most honest we've ever seen him in the whole chapter, saying, man, God, I really should have remembered who you are. I should have remembered who rescued me from death when I was in the waters, in the sea, and it was going crazy and I was completely out of control. I need to remember who saved me from that. God, you provided a fish for me to have this moment to sit and think and reflect on what you called me to do and what my actions did. And God, I remember the promise that I made to you, that vow to go and do what you did. God, I'm gonna fulfill it and be obedient and walk in your ways. And that could be the same story for you. That out of ash can come beauty. Out of darkness can come light. You can be honest with yourself and God and the things that you have done, the decisions you have made in your own disobedience and say, you know what, God, this is who I am. This is what I'm bringing. But I know because of who you are, what can happen? That I can walk in obedience. That I can walk in light. That I can walk in the will that you have for me. And I am so thankful that we have examples like this to remind us that we can do the same thing. See, we should not look at these stories and not think of ourselves in them because that's who we are. We have sinful desires. We have things that we want to do. And we sometimes make mistakes. But we forget about the other part of the story of redemption that God has for us. That we can bring who we are. We can bring the things that we've done. Say, God, I'm going to be honest this is who I am, but God, I believe in your promise. And we hope that that encourages you to walk in obedience. We hope that encourages you to sit down and pray before you make a decision to whatever God is calling you to. Because I can tell you in that moment, you feel fulfilled when you're following what God has called you to do. In those moments when you're doing the thing that you don't want to do, but doing what God calls you to do, you feel really good. Because you say, I'm not able to do this, 
but it's who God is in me that I am able to step in obedience and I know I'm glorifying my Father in heaven and this is great. Even in the belly of a whale, even in the middle of a storm, you can say, you know what? I'm gonna obey God and it's gonna be great. So my challenge to you is whatever thing that God has called you to do right now, whatever that may be, maybe you're the only one who knows what God has called you to do right now. I want to challenge you to pray about it before you make a decision, whether it's to go with it or to not. And even if you know you're going to be disobedient, I just want you to pray and see maybe how God will change your heart, how he'll change your mind. And that maybe you were going to go down this path, but you go, you know what? This story kind of makes me wonder if praying really does reorient my heart about what God wants. I'm going to try that and see how God tugs, see how God pulls See how he redirects you and says, hey, let's try this. I challenge you to do that. Because here we see Jonah crying out to God and he meets him. And I can promise you that God will meet you when you cry out to him. Scripture is very clear about that. That whenever you reach out to God, whenever you send out prayers of honesty and what you're going through, God goes, I'm there, I'm here. Follow me, obey me. And when you don't, my grace is there for you. My forgiveness is there to meet you and to say, hey, let's get up. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry if it's done to you because I am here and let's move forward. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this time. And God, I thank you so much for honest stories like Jonah's. That God, when we open the Bible, we don't always see perfect people we don't always see stories where this person gets it right from the beginning, right in the middle and afterwards, God, that we see people that we can actually relate to. That we can see individuals who got themselves in really bad circumstances and then cried out to you and said, God, please save me. Please help me. God, we thank you for stories like this that can remind us it's okay. That's why you died. Father, that when we make poor decisions, you were there to meet us with forgiveness, grace, and mercy to pick us up and say, it's okay, let's move forward. So God, I ask you to remind us in the middle of the belly of the fish that we, we may be in right now, God, whether it's with our finances, our relationships, our marriage, trying to be faithful during COVID-19, God, and all the things that are going on in this world, we ask that you will meet us right now in these moments in our disobedience and pull us out of it, God. You will remind us you are enough to be able to do that and that, God, you use broken people to do your work. So, Father, we thank you for being a God who is like that, who is slow to anger, who has compassion, who has grace and mercy that is just waiting for us to cry out to, to cling on to, to be able to see amazing things done in our lives. So, Father, I ask that you just encourage everyone who's watching this right now you will remind them of that God and that you will speak to them of the plan that you have over their life and how you want them to step into obedience of that God. So we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the means that we're able to connect. And God, we trust in you during this crazy time. In your holy name we pray this, amen.